Hello and welcome back to another episode of Tech Couch, a podcast where we talk all things tech while sitting on the couch. We got a whole bunch of stuff to cover on this episode, so we're not going to cut any corners and we're just going to go ahead and jump right on into it. This is Tech Couch. So, as many of you might have seen, Motorola finally showed us what their new Razer folding smartphone would look like. And I have to say, I am impressed, not by anything other than the design of the phone, which we'll get into later, but when just I saw the video of the phone for the first time, I honestly thought, dang, this is a really cool looking device. Kind of gives you that old throwback feel from the other Motorola Razr phones, even though I didn't have a deep personal connection to them. As a child, I used to find flip phones in a drawer somewhere that my parents had probably used a couple years prior, and I would just mess with those for hours on end. So seeing how they revamped this new version was quite cool to see. So what are my takes on it? I had to dig a little bit deeper in order to really find everything about the phone, considering it's not even available to order yet, not even pre-order. You can just register for updates on the device. So when I finally did get to find the spec list down at the bottom of the website, I was definitely disappointed by what I saw. This is going to have a Snapdragon 710 in it. So for maybe most of you out there who don't really know much about Qualcomm, processors the latest one is an 855 so if you think about how 855 relates to 710 you can see that there's a big difference here so this processor is nearly a year or a year and a half old so why would motorola be using this old processor in their phone i have no idea considering the price point is going to be around 1500 dollars i feel like they'd be able to spring for a bit more if a CPU bump in that regard, but nonetheless, still a cool phone. This will have 6 gigs of RAM with 128 gigs of storage. I didn't get to find much, but it does look like the storage will not be upgradable on this device, which is sad to see. This will have a 2500 milliamp hour battery, so significantly small. It's going to be a lot smaller than we've seen from most flagship phones out there at the moment. And it's only going to have 15 watt charging, which is going to be significantly slower than most of the stuff you are used to. Now the outer display is going to be, or I guess I should say the inner display, considering it folds like a flip phone, is going to be 6.2 inches. So regular size where the outward display, the kind of smaller one, is going to be about 2.1 inches. So this will only come in black, just to be noticed. There's not going to be any fancy color options with this device. But personally, I think it looks best in black. I don't really know what other colors you'd be wanting for this device. Camera-wise, it's only going to have one camera on the outer display with the 2.1-inch screen so that you can flip it open and take cameras or take cameras, take pictures with the big screen if you need to, or take selfies with the small screen. It's going to be a 16 megapixel camera. Nothing too special, nothing too bad. So let's just go ahead, 
put specs aside and just look at this phone as a whole. Personally, I think this phone's really cool. I think it's a great idea that they've done with this. I think revamping the old version of the flip phone and making it into the modern day is going to be a really cool thing to see when it hits the streets. People walking around, flipping it open, hopping on business calls. It's definitely going to be interesting. But I don't think I would ever recommend this phone or buy it, mainly because of its lackluster specs and price point. This phone is going to be around $1,500. So to take that into consideration... The Galaxy Fold is going to be around $2,300, so when you compare the two devices, the Razer is only going to be about $600 cheaper for about half a phone less. So, eh, I mean, Galaxy Fold is expensive as is for all the flaws it has. The Razer phone, I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of hardware issues there too, just like we saw with the Fold, but uh, it's really not available to reviewers yet so i can hear much about it that it all keeps coming back to that processor the fact that it's just so old really doesn't help the razor's case we don't have a statement from motorola yet uh, about why they decided to put this processor on there so i can't really get much of an idea why they would do something like this but it's definitely disappointing to see the specs inside what would have been such a cool, cool phone. But other than all of those downsides, it still is a really cool device. Um, once again, the way that they revamped that old design is definitely such a cool idea. And the fact that they made it look so nice and so sleek is just great to see on Motorola's part. And hopefully they might do something like this again with better specs in the future and hopefully a better price point. So hopefully I talked about that for enough and we can go ahead and move on to some of the different topics of today. I figured we'd just go ahead and roll onto that folding phone train and talk about the Huawei Mate X, the long-awaited foldable phone the coolest looking one in my opinion it has finally been released for sale but the downside is it's only in china again that huawei band we've been talking about still in effect so it's going to be even if they do release it to the u.s a lot harder to get your hands on one of these devices but nonetheless it's still finally nice to see that they've decided to go ahead and throw this puppy out into the wild for people to go ahead and buy this device. So I just did a bit of research really quick and it turns out that the Huawei Mate X will not be sold in the U.S. as a statement from Huawei themselves. I just wanted to double check that real quick and it turns out I contradicted myself. So let that be noted, it will not be sold in the U.S. So if you want to get your hands on this, you're going to have to be doing a lot of bargaining with someone overseas. But the price for this in China is going to be around $2,300 U.S. So about a fairly steep price point, about on par with the Galaxy Fold and definitely a lot more than the Motorola Razr. But nonetheless still cool i'm not going to go ahead and get into the specs for this i feel like we've talked about this enough in previous episodes and i don't really want to look for the specs right now 
Either way, I'm sure there's multiple other stories that we can go ahead and get into that would be a lot more interesting. So let's go ahead and jump into some more of these smaller stories for the day. So this article caught my eye when I was scrolling through the multiverse that is the internet, and it was that you shouldn't charge your phone in an airport. Now that's something I've done more times than I can count, and I often relied to charging my phone at an airport before we hop on that flight, so I was compelled to read further on why I shouldn't do this. And I was actually a bit surprised by what I found in the article. it turns out that all those USB ports and airports, if not monitored, can be easily tampered with. Hackers can go ahead and install malware, that is right, malware, into those USB ports that would be downloaded onto your phones when you plug them in. Now, I had never heard of anything like this before, and I was surprised that this was even possible. Malware in the USB that was meant for charging... I mean, that's just crazy. I know USBs themselves can transfer data, but I never really figured that you would use one for that's specifically for charging to go ahead and transfer some data like that. So reading further, I saw that indeed there was a way to do this. You just had to install an extra chip onto that USB so that they were actually able to transfer the malware onto your phone when plugged in. So, I know what you're thinking. How do I protect myself from the malware that is at the airport? Quite simple, don't use the USB ports. Just bring your plain old charging brick, plug it into the wall outlet, and you will be all good. The malware is not getting through those two little prongs. That is not what the brick was designed for. Therefore, you will only be getting the juice you need to charge your phone. So just a PSA really quick, when at an airport, do not use the USBs on there. Just go ahead and use the standard brick you have in your bag that you hopefully brought with you. I usually take two or three whenever I'm traveling just because I have a tendency to lose those things very quickly and plug that into the wall outlet so that you can charge your phone with peace of mind that you will not be downloading any malware anytime soon. Most of you guys listening out there probably already know that Black Friday is coming up and there's no better time to get those tech deals rolling out. So I figured we'd go ahead and talk about a couple of them, mainly starting with those Apple deals. So starting it off, you can get the iPhone 11 or XR for $580 with trade-in and qualified activation on T-Mobile. $580, that's a great price for an iPhone. So if you decide, hey, why not go ahead and hop on that T-Mobile train, definitely try to check this out. Another deal, you can get an Apple iPhone 6S unlocked with 64 gigs for only 160 bucks. So that is an amazing price. 6S, maybe you have a kid out there, grandson, niece, nephew, anybody who's just maybe starting to get their first phone. Go ahead and hop on that.
So I've recently been on Twitter a lot more lately, looking at leaks and all that sort of stuff. And Ice Universe, if you don't follow him or her on Twitter, not sure the profile picture is just a cat, but once again, that's Ice Universe. If you don't follow them on Twitter, you definitely want to hop on there now. They got all of the latest tech leaks. And so one thing that I found interesting that they said lately was about the Galaxy S11 and that it won't have the waterfall screen one thing that caught me by surprise one thing when i think of the galaxy line is the waterfall screen i love that bit about it just makes that screen look a bit bigger and the fact that the s11 won't have this on there kind of took me by surprise so i scoured the internet for articles about this and i finally found one so i'm gonna go ahead and read you what it says that after Oh, sorry. The article says that after careful evaluation by Samsung, they've decided to remove the waterfall display in favor for tinier bezels. I don't really know who's all that into the waterfall display and who's really not. Sorry, I just dropped a pen there. But personally, I really enjoyed the waterfall display, and I think it just makes the screen look a lot nicer than it would be otherwise. And in favoring that for tiny bezels, I don't really know how that's going to make a lot of people who are looking forward to the latest in the Galaxy line feel. And I really can't offer much input on this rather than what I have in my opinion. Alright, I was going to have one more article for you guys, but I can't seem to find it at the moment. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up the art, the podcast right here. So if you've made it this far, thank you for listening. All the support means a lot. If you want to support the podcast even further, you can head on over to patreon.com slash tech couch and become a supporter of the podcast. We've got a whole lot of cool perks set up there. So if you want to support that would mean a lot. If you want to follow the socials, you can head on over to Tech Couch Official at Instagram and Twitter. And we don't have a Facebook because I don't want Mark Zuckerberg stalking me in my sleep. So once again, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. This is Tech Couch. Tech Couch.